What is going on, folks? Welcome into another episode of the Saints and Sinners podcast. Once again, it is Alec, it is Jeremy, breaking down all things New Orleans Saints as we get through this lackluster, if you will, 2022 NFL season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jeremy and the Saints coming off that big, disappointing loss to the 49ers uh, for them to kind of make their claim, stay relevant in the NFC South division race. But, unfortunately... Every other team did us a favor by losing this week, including Tampa and Atlanta. They both lost on the road. So now the Saints are still, mathematically speaking, very much alive in the NFC South race. Uh, They're playing uh, on Monday Night Football this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Uh, Obviously, these two two teams met up in week two last... uh, Week two earlier this year, excuse me. And uh very frustrating game as it was 3-3 going into the fourth quarter and then James Woodson kind of uh, threw that game away, if you will. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think the Saints are a much different team from that point to now. I think Tampa Bay still kind of more or less is the same. Um, yeah, so let's just throw it out of here. What are some of your general thoughts on this game? What are you excited for? What are you not excited for? And uh, where do you think both these teams are at right now? The main thing right now for me is going to be that the Buccaneers' front seven uh, is what it is. It's phenomenal. And you're currently missing Eric McCoy, regardless, because he's on IR. Yeah. You're missing... Who else is injured? There's another one. Ruiz is safe. Oh, Pete was injured, but now he's back, so he's kind of playing 50-50. I mean, you're going up against a defense where you need to be 100% on offensive line, and we're not. <laughs> So that's going to be, I think, if anything's going to be our detriment more than just not being a good team, that's going to be what kicks us. So, I don't know. I mean, especially with Alvin Kamara coming off a week where he's fumbled twice, you don't really want him getting hit at the line as hard as he's probably going to get hit. So, mm-hmm. not only is it going to be bad for pass protection, it'll be bad for Kamara to hopefully fumble away a game because fun times. <laughs> Right, and I but, think yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's gonna be weird with Andy Dalton compared to Jameis because Jameis had that throw over the top type of mentality, which is what kills the Bucks because they don't really have that top side defense. I guess would be the way to put it. They don't have the secondary that can compete with that. Yeah. But now you have Dalton who refuses to throw anything beyond the five yard line at this point, mm-hmm. and their defense is ready for that. I mean, you have. A, premier linebacker group who's rangy i mean they're just gonna take out any of those short plays so they're gonna have to dial something up down the field yeah for sure i think uh it's kind of frustrating in a way because i feel like this game plan is almost very similar to that last year of breeze in 2020 where yeah the the arm strength wasn't there but i i will say breeze made he was efficient with you know not not to mention it's obviously different because the quarterback and coach are just so on point with everything uh everything exactly but now it's a limited pass a game with an offense you really don't trust to be at least back then i knew breeze and Peyton, i could trust them to Figure it out. Up, yeah. Figure it out. But now with Carmichael and Dalton and, and a little bit of Taysom Hill sprinkled in, I just really can't trust um, this offense consistently. As we've seen this year, they've had some good moments. Um, you know, the Rams, the Seahawks. Uh, yep. But then we see this team lay some flat-out goose eggs, you know, against Pittsburgh, against um, 
San Francisco on the road, yeah. both those games nonetheless. Now you're going yeah. on the road to a divisional opponent, a primetime game. Um, I don't know. I just really kind of don't know where this team is at. Again, because of the division, you're kind of almost still forced to compete because, right, right. you know, at the end of the day, yeah, at, the, at the end of the day, say what you want about this team, but if you can get in the playoffs, you, you know, yeah. at that point, it's just a matter of you never know what happens in the playoffs at that point. Right. When you um, have nothing to lose for, that's the other thing. Is yeah. like it, you have no reason to not compete. You don't have a pick. Yep. It, it's even if you're like, oh, we really want a high second round pick at that point. Are you really gonna commit to that? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, you're within a game and a half of first place right now. If you win this game, you're within half a game. So that's much division when it helps too. Yeah. If we win this week, which. <sighs> Who knows if we're going to. And the Buccaneers lose the week after to, well, let's find out who they play before I say anything stupid. The 49ers, okay. So that's a losable game right. to, for them. It, we would be pretty much riding for the first place. And they have a pretty tough schedule, the Buccaneers. They have to play the Bengals after that, and then they got to play the Cardinals who have been on and off, and then they got back-to-back division games in January. So it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Saints make the playoffs, I don't think it's something we should be, like, dead set on, necessarily, right. but... If it happens, it happens. Right. I, yeah. I don't want Philly to get a good pick. To I'm a hater. I don't want them <laughs> getting good picks, especially at 10-1 and right now. So, I would be okay if this team sticks with Dalton. I kind of expect that to be the case at this point, because yeah. I don't... I think Jameis is going to need off-season surgery, to be frank, and that's what they were saying is he would need it to be 100%. Mm-hmm. So I think he will get that surgery. They'll probably give him and Allen one year together, like you were saying in the last podcast. Like, 2023 will be their chance to be together for a full season, hopefully, and just kind of trial that because you're not going to get a quarterback this off-season that's going to be, I mean... Like an like like upper echelons of... Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. even if you could clear enough cap to get Lamar Jackson, I really don't think that our front office would be like, yeah, we're going to shell out all this money when we have gaps at like every position. So, I don't know. I would say draft a young one, try and develop him in 23, let Jameis start. If Jameis flops, you throw in the kid, but... And I mean, I there's know. no, like, I mean, last year there was Russell Wilson, there was Deshaun right. Watson. Like, there right. was a premium market for quarterbacks. And I think exactly. this year, yep. uh, I mean, trade-wise, is the one guy you're betting on? Would it, would it be Rodgers, maybe, depending on how things go in Green Bay? But even then, there's a lot of there's a lot of money tied to that, but then yeah. also you have to worry about the commitment with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, there's a lot of middling it, quarterbacks this yeah. season. There's, like, I there's, mean, there, guys, we mentioned, you know, the, the yeah. Jared Goffs of the NFL, some – middle-tier veterans who, you know, could ride the ship and, you know, help you get to 10, 11 wins right. if that, with this roster. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a tough schedule for the Bucks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dealing with a lot of injuries on that Tampa Bay front, including uh, right tackle Tristan Wirfs is expected to be yeah, not play. Uh, obviously, Monday night he was counted off uh, in that overtime loss to the Browns. Um they're saying initially it's probably a three to four week injury, so yeah. he'll be off for that stretch. The offensive line is already pretty banged up as it is for Tampa Bay. It's been an issue for them all year, um, and you know I think that's kind of the problem with Tampa is they can't run the ball. 
So, you're, again, you're putting all this pressure on 45-year-old Tom Brady to get the job done week in, week out. Right. Um, and it, it, it Brady, I don't know, it's weird because, like, I look at Tampa's problems, and I go, okay, so Tom Brady, the way he's playing isn't the problem. No, yeah. But the fact that Tom Brady came back, happening. like, Tom Brady came back, and I think Tampa's plans kind of blew up in their face. Like, oh, yeah. we're, ob- we're forced to play Tom Brady again because he came back when we kind of right. – had a blueprint of move, yeah. yeah, like we had a blueprint of how to maybe reshape, remold the team. Uh, right. Now that Brady's gone, but he came back, so they were kind of forced to play pretty much with the same roster, right? Minus a couple of their offensive linemen. So Tampa's interesting because I don't really, I don't like what they do defensively. I think their secondary is pretty weak. Um, Devin White is real hit or miss with his games. He has some really good moments with some really bad moments. That's true. Um, you know, they have staples like Levante David, Vita Vea. Yep. Um, you know, Shaq Barrett is done for the year as well for them. So, yeah. Different Tampa team from week two, obviously. Um, and I think a very different Saints team. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, the way they play offensively is night and day compared to week two. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, to see what happens here, because if the Saints win this game, like you mentioned, then they are back into that race immediately to win the division. And you know, if you're going to compete for a playoff spot, you want to compete all the way through. Right. Another one I wanted to mention on that injury report was Antoine Winfield Jr. After last week, because yep. they're saying he has an ankle injury, and they just called up Logan Ryan, so I'm presuming he might miss a game or two. Yeah. So or at least they're presuming he will because he got injured twice in the game. I remember he got injured early on and then he came back on and then he had an ankle sprain of some sort. So I don't know. We'll see if that ends up being an issue. But if it is, I mean, that gives Olave a chance to get up over the top there. So yeah, for sure. And that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe take a deep shot. Maybe, maybe. If we're yeah, lucky. yeah. No, it, two yard drop off, but Winfield won't sack us in the backfield. So right, and I think you know. There's no no official injury reports been put out for the Saints yet, so just kind of basing it off of uh, last week. What we've seen, yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about it, talking about it right before we started, but obviously everything kind of looks the same. The only difference Similar, maybe yeah. maybe you do get Marshall Lattimore back. I know the reports were that he's getting closer to to actively playing. Um, right. He was limited practice all week. Um, Given the questionable tag last week, did not uh, play, but everybody's saying that he's close to coming back. So maybe it makes sense for his first game to come back would be against yeah. Mike Evans. Uh. It's tough. <laughs> it's it's weird because I don't think the DB room played atrocious last week, with the exception of Chris Harris being absolute shit. Yeah. Alante and Adebo looked fine. I mean, you're going up against Debo Samuel and Ayuk, who's been really hot the last couple of weeks. So yep. I, I felt they played well enough. And with it only being 13 points, it's like, okay, you can't really blame the DB room there. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily pushing for Lattimore to come back this week. It would be nice for sure because you have going up against Evans. But yeah, I don't think it's necessarily – like worth risking the rest of his season for it. If you can get him back and we somehow make some sort of playoff push, I'd rather have him later in the playoffs and not now and ruin his chances. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, one thing to add on to that is 
Like, well, I, <laughs> what was I about to say? I had a big brain thing to say, and I just completely fumbled it. Not another Michael Thomas situation, essentially. No. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to follow <laughs> up with, because that's what happened. He played too early, and they shut him down after, and that was that. It was weird how he didn't go to IR. Yeah. yeah. That's what happened. Well, so I was reading into that a little bit. You can only put eight people on IR during the season and, and recall them. Yeah. So, I don't know how close we are to that, but I feel like we're pretty I close, we're if at not at that limit. Five or six. I think Underhill tweeted that out uh, well, last We're going to recall DeMarco Jackson at some point, I presume, if he's not done for the year. McCoy. McCoy will be recalled. Let me look at our... Uh, DeMarco sure. can't come back. He was put on IR before the season started. Was he? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see how many injuries we've had. I know McCoy was one. McCoy's going to be a guy they bring back for sure. Was Peyton Turner ever on the IR at some point? I don't believe so. I, don't, I think he's just been missing so many weeks. Yeah. I don't. Chase Hansen's on IR. I think he'll get called back. Deontay Hardy, I presume, will be called back. Other than that, I don't know. But yeah. I feel like we're pretty close to that limit where I don't know if they're like, okay, can we just leave Thomas off IR and just keep him on the roster? Because you have the roster spot anyway. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what happened. I think people were upset about it, but it was... I mean, what are you going to do? You don't want to waste an IR spot in week, what was it, four or five? Right. And if you have an injury down the line, not be able to recall someone. So I, I understand what they're doing. I don't think it's necessarily well-planned, but, but <laughs> you only have so many spots to put people on IR, so at some point someone's going to have to get cut or something. Yeah, for sure. I think... Uh... Dang it, I still lost my thought. My, I, I had a big brain thing to say, and I just completely fumbled it. Okay, <laughs> anyways, um, I mean, you look at the Niners game last week, like you mentioned, you know, the one touchdown came in a wacky tip ball that Tyron Matthew got a hold yeah. of, and it just happened to fall in Juwan Jennings' hand. That's what I was going to say. You can look at the game, and I, I, can, I can point out how Ayuk and Debo were kind of <laughs> contained pretty right. much all day, but Juwan Jennings, you could Juwan Jennings was was making catches left to right on Chris Harris Jr. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, you can't even blame anyone other than yeah. Chris Harris for that because he for was sure. on him the large majority of the game. Yeah, that's, that's what I was on. Uh, and, you know, getting a lot of our back would be huge, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see if Lattimore does come back. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I know exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I have it now. Uh, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to, it really isn't the DB room per se, but if the Bucks are going to be without Tristan Wirfs and, you know, oh, three yeah. of their other starters, this defense a lot has to generate some pressure on Tom I was going to say, we played this game earlier yeah. this year without Wirfs yeah. and we did yeah. nothing. <laughs> Ex- exactly. I don't know how you get this lucky against Tom Brady with a, Twice. a, band- a bandage together offensive line in Tampa. No, no real running game with Fournette. I mean, yeah. You have to generate pressure on Tom Brady. You have to generate pressure if you're going to win this game. I should say Rashad White's been very good this year so far in those yeah. games that he's been like kind of forced into. Yep. He started last week, I believe. He had against Cleveland. Yeah. Let me see what he had. He had probably a hundred yards. Let's see. Oh, it was the week before against the Seahawks. He had twenty-two for one hundred five. Last week he had fourteen for sixty-four, which is still <laughs> completely fine. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So I, I just think you know, if you're gonna like, the, <laughs> if you're gonna win this game, you have to yep. generate pressure on Tom Brady because otherwise, yeah. there's no point. 
Well, that's how you hit him nine to nothing last year. Is you had so much pressure constantly that he just kept making dumb decisions. Right. And that was pretty much the sole reason you were able to shut him out that game. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if Peyton Turner comes back because he was the one that was actually generating a lot of that front four mm-hmm. uh, pressure. Obviously, you have it from Caden Ellis and Demario Davis, but you shouldn't be able to rely on your linebackers for sacks. Uh, but unfortunately, we have. Yep, and that's, I mean, what are you going to do? So I'll be curious to see if Turner comes back this game. I don't remember how long the timeline was on that, and obviously, hopefully Davenport will be clear again. He was limited all last week, so mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean... Having Cam Jordan back will be nice. He was nice back next, back last week, excuse me, and I don't really know if he even did anything. To be fair, Arnie might have might have had a couple, a couple nice pressures up the middle. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, so yeah, he, Cam Jordan had one tackle. That, that's it. Yeah, it sounds like a Cam Jordan game. Yeah, zero sacks, <laughs> zero assisted, and one combined tackle. And I mean, I can't really blame him from what it sounded like his. I got poked yep. in the previous game and he couldn't see, so it's a whole. I, I yeah, I'm uh, not ragging on him. That's yeah. not being able to see out of the west side of your face is pretty scary. So that it is understandable. And, and I think one guy we have to talk about is Kate Nellis and his kind of oh yeah emergence in the role of linebacker two after Pete Warner went down the injury. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real funny because I remember um, when me and and Ross Jackson were doing. Uh, the All Saints Considered, you know, like, mm-hmm. website and podcast and all that. Yep. The one guy he kept talking about the Saints drafting was Caden Ellis. And, <laughs> like, that was his dude. That was his dude throughout the entire draft process. He was like, okay, if we can nab Caden Ellis, that's, that's a steal. Funny. So, <laughs> when they drafted him, the whole group chat went crazy because they drafted Ross's guy. And now, <laughs> here we are, Caden Ellis in a contract year. Um, it's really balling out as linebacker. And he's had his moments before. Like, he's been a solid contributor on, on defense, on special teams, uh, against the run. Um, so he's been solid. But now that, obviously, with Warner down, he's got not several more opportunities to make the most of it, and he certainly has. And they started trusting him, too. Like, it yeah. wasn't just yeah. like they threw him in the starting role. They've given him 90-plus percent of snaps in these yep. last three games. He, and he got 100% against San Francisco. So I, I think it's gotten to the point where we actually are going to start running a true 4-3 because what we've typically been doing is just running a 4-2 and then setting an extra corner out there. It's a nickel, yeah. Yeah, which is fine when you had Chauncey, except now you have Chris Harris typically there, which is not really optimal. So Yeah. I, I would rather just see a third linebacker out there who can kind of range around, and that would be nice for the missed tackle issue, which has been <laughs> raging all season. Yep. So I would like to see another linebacker when Pete Werner comes back, and Ellis can obviously fill that role. He, he's looked phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know it's another thing we, you, we mentioned earlier with the injured reserve. You know, the Saints kind of holding on to Pete Warner and not putting him in IR could be another thing where hey, we're just gonna ride the well, ship and you know, back, yeah. yeah, we'll ride the ship, save you, we'll keep you can keep your roster spot, and you know, if the time does come where we make a push, we don't have to waste a spot on the IR. So right, exactly. I get it. I get it. Um, and then offensively, I mean, uh, once again, Chris Olave is going to have to kind of step up and be that 
that one focal point of the offense. You know, he is 11th, yeah. 11th in the NFL in receiving yards, uh, leads all rookies, uh, and I believe he's like less than 10 yards behind 10th. And I want to say, I saw it earlier. Let me let me look it up. Because now it's on the bottom. If I don't know who is ahead of uh, Olave, right out to the top 10. Let's see. Uh, let's see, yards. Oh, T. Higgins. He's four yards uh, behind T. Higgins. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's four and he'll yards. catch up. He'll catch up because Jamar Chase is coming on now, so. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, it's Chris Lava, man. He's so good. Yeah, it's been nice to have him. I... Not sure what's going to go on with the rest of this receiver room after this year. Obviously, Thomas is a debatable topic, and Landry's not on contract for next year, so right. I, I don't. And really I kind of feel like going to do. I feel like Shahid's kind of taking over for that yeah. Deontay Hardy role, right? And... Which is nice. <laughs> I can't complain <laughs> about that. To be fair, I mean, Hardy was kind of falling off there He's those kind last of a couple trick, months. Kind of a one trick pony in a way. That and he just he wasn't really holding onto the ball anymore, which was obnoxious. Because was he would catch risk. and he'd run it for like 20 yards and then he'd get knocked and he'd drop the ball. And they, or he would, just, he would just fair catch everything. That too, yeah. It, it's just, I remember going to a game, when was this? This was 2018 or 19. It was against the Buccaneers, funny enough. And he went to catch a punt, and he got slammed into, and he was just gone. You didn't see him again. And he was gone, like, the next four weeks. So it was partially the body. I mean, <clears throat> and he's smaller. It's harder to take hits like that, especially right. I mean, punt and kick returns are nasty. I, I wouldn't be able to. A lot of people wouldn't be able to take a hit. Right. So credit to him for doing it for four and a half years. And I mean, being good at it. And, uh, and being, yeah, phenomenal at it the first three years. It's kind of a tough position to be put in, though, because Shahid's looked good. He's returned well. He's had a role in the offense. So, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. I don't know if you can even let Hardy walk at this point with Thomas's injury history. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they bring anyone in in the draft. You've been seeing, you know, good receivers get drafted later and later and later every year. So, we'll see. I, I hope we can get another one and give whichever quarterback ends up starting next year a chance. Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's but, a lot of options, man. There's, yeah, there's this a lot gonna be a, It's going to be a weird offseason. As long as it isn't Dalton or Winston, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. yeah. Another one I was thinking was, uh, not that I would want him, but that would be available, is probably Zach Wilson at this point. <laughs> it. I don't, I, like I said, I don't know if I want him. But he's young, and he could be a bridge until 24 if you're going to commit to being crap. So On that rookie, on that, on that rookie deal still, yeah. That too. I, I don't know. It's There's a lot of rookies out there that if, I mean, Davis Mills, you saw the same thing. He got benched for uh, Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. Yeah. Yep. And obviously Derek Carr's scenario is kind of up in the air right now. They, they don't really know what they're doing with him. So I mean, would you take a flyer on Matt Ryan? Because to me, it's like I look at Matt Ryan and I think he's not the problem in Indy, but definitely not part of the he solution. He contributes to it, yeah. yeah. It's 
Especially, I don't know. especially early on when you're when you were asking Matt Ryan to throw fifty times a game. Like, right. That's yeah, not that's that not was, a good formula. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. and your offensive line was so banged up, and you couldn't run the ball with Taylor, and that. I mean, um, I mean, if it was cheap, I wouldn't care. Like, I wouldn't put all of my eggs in his basket. Yeah. To put yeah. it one way, like I, I would grab someone else if we're going that route. For sure. But. I guess. I mean, if you're going to collect all the NFC South quarterbacks, go grab Sam, Dar- <laughs> Sam Darnold, too. Then you'll have all the starters agent. in the last one. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's weird. I would like to get someone young who just has a little bit of potential left. Because that you want to build it. around. Yeah. Right. Zach Wilson has at least a little potential. So if you give him a year, if he sucks, let him go. It was a cheap deal, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, give up whatever pick you desire i don't think they're gonna want a first second or third for him so and then another guy in that same boat i'm baker mayfield might be in that same category too yeah um i don't know that's a weird one that's because it's weird because you feel like there could be potential but at the same time how things how things played this year in carolina you really don't know right yeah He's older than what we call the potential quarterbacks. <laughs> all these younger guys that are like 24, 25. It's like, all right, there's something in the tank there. I don't know what the Patriots are going to do either. That'll be another one. Uh, between Zappy and Mac uh, and Zappy. Yeah. They could just keep both. Who knows? But I, I, if one really outplays the other down the stretch here, I wouldn't hate taking a flyer on one or the other. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. But um, we'll see what happens. Um as far as this game goes, Jeremy, on Monday night, give me an X-Factor offensively and defensively. Who are your guys? Offensively, it's got to be Ramchick. I mean, like I said, you're going up against a phenomenal front seven that's, I mean, simply put, one of the, if not the best in the NFL talent-wise. So having Ramchick at least lock down one side of the offensive line and giving Dalton a chance will be right. a key. Um, defensively, it's... I don't even have one player. It's just the defensive line. Because if you can get any pressure, I mean any pressure, you're going to have a better <laughs> chance this week. Yeah. So I don't care who does it. Shy Tuttle, David Onyemata, Tano Passanio, Contavious Street, Davenport. Just name it at all. <laughs> Jordan Turner, anyone. I mean, my God, you have 20 people in the Roach. room. Roach. Someone do something. Please. Uh, someone's got to get off on that right side where worse should have been and just – you don't even yeah. have to sack him. That's the thing. He throws quick. It's not like you're going to sack him every time. Just get up in his I'm, face. Make him just uneasy. Just get in his face, scare him, make him run, make him throw a bad ball. You've done it. You did it last year with a similar broom. Just done do it, it again. Last, done it like the last since he's been there. Yeah. I mean, you've had no <clears> issues <throat> with it. And then, of course, the one time you really need the win, you're like, nah, we're just not going to pressure him. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you mine. Uh, my X factor is gonna be Caesar Ruiz, and I say this because mm-hmm. uh, I think if you're gonna need, if you're gonna want a shot at beating Tampa Bay, I think not only we have to pass the ball, you have to run the ball as well. And I think him in the interior matchup against Vita Vea uh, certainly will be uh, so- something to watch. And I think if he can get to those double teams and get to the second level, I think your running game could uh, maybe. See a little bit of a rejuvenation because these last couple weeks they have not run the ball very well uh, with Kamara, Hill, and Ingram. So right. I think if Sirius can get off, have a, have a fast, quick step and make an impact uh, in that middle. Because the Saints, for whatever reason, realize, hey, Alvin Kamara, you know, we used to stretch plays to you all the time, but now 
or wrap the middle for two yards every time. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's kind of obnoxious. That's I've gotten tired of that little mantra very yeah, quickly. I mean, you, you know, you know what he is. Alvin Kamara is, is best on you know on the edge and uh, yeah. Well, they don't space. really have a second guy necessarily. Like you have Ingram, who's uh, a bruiser. He's a bell cow. He's yeah, the guy that's fine. Middle. I don't. Yeah, I'm not like you know selling out on him. I think you really need one in the draft or to sign this off season. Because this is good for Kamara class, is this, too. Yeah, using this kind of Camara bell cow role. We've been saying it for years, but that's not his role. You can't do that to him. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. needs to be zone runs, and he needs to be hitting the outside, whether it be screens or running. Mm-hmm. You cannot be sending him just straight up the middle. Even if it's just hitting the outside gaps, you can't be sending him up the A-gap. Right. So... And they do, and that's the worst part, because he's taking this beating <laughs> at 28 years old. It's like, you should realize what type of player he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they don't or they just don't care, or if they just <laughs> realize that there's no one else in the room that's going to care. Probably all three. Yeah. It's, it's probably a mixture of all three. I just, you need someone else there that's going to... Uh, it doesn't even need to be, like, this pure power back. It just needs to be someone with really good gap vision that can get through those middle gaps. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking like, you know, we don't need the next Derrick Henry. It's just you need someone with good vision that can take a hit. That's literally all it needs to be. Take the pressure. I mean, essentially, it's like what Dallas does with Zeke and Pollard. Right, exactly. I'm trying to think of other examples. I mean, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison's another one, except they're very, very similar. But that's what I mean. Cook's kind of the rangy satellite back, and then Madison, even though he's not a power back, he has the internal vision to hit the gaps and run them. Kamara does. He just he can't take that type of hit anymore because he's twenty eight. I mean, you could even you could even look at Ingram and Kamara when they were together back in twenty seven. Yeah, initially, yep. Yeah, that's yeah. and it's I mean a dynamic. That's and I mean, sure, Ingram's gotten older. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. I mean, you gotta think his you know really two year or his three year trip between Baltimore and Houston really is only like one year's worth of tread because he had the right. one good year in Baltimore. Then the next year he got injured, and then they had J.K. Dobbins, and he kind of took over. And then Houston, there really wasn't a whole right. lot. So, yes, but at the same time, you can't use Alvin Kamara the same way you're using Mark Ingram. Like, exactly. Yep. What are we doing? Pete Carmichael. <laughs> like, come on. I don't know. It, so, it was, I was hype about Abram Smith. Yeah, I think, and I think, then I think we all were. And then it was Payment. Yeah, I think we all were kind of on that uh, Abram Smith train. But uh, I'm going to go for Rees as my X factor. Mm-hmm. Offensively, to get that run game going and maybe catch Tampa off guard with that approach and then defensively yeesh um we said feels the, like there's a less and less guys to pick from every week <laughs> on the defense at this point with all the injuries um if Lattimore plays I will say it's Marshall Lattimore just because yeah. the energy he brings when playing Mike Evans I don't know what it is it's like pure Tom and Jerry Hates energy him. yeah like there's no words; it's just on site between the two of them. Violence. Yeah, that's so. Right. And I think if you if you had that kind of energy, <coughs> excuse me, on one side of the on one side of the field, right, it carries over. It gets guys energized and rejuvenated. So, um, if a lot of them more plays, then I think for sure um, it'll bring a, a spark and energy to this defense that we kind of haven't seen. Um, I think we need a uh, a sideline X factor this week with Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs to do some kind of buffoonery on the sideline too. Uh, oh yeah, just shove a guy or something. Just do something that pisses them off and makes them 
do stupid crap because I don't know. It, it's just having some sort of like sideline energy kind of boosts the people on the field, which I feel like we've been missing this off season. You know, we used to have the guys up on the, what do you call them? The bleacher fucking hyping up the crowd you know even if it was like lots it was just someone up there doing something and now it's just everyone's respect dennis allen respect back when life was fun yeah and now you just have dennis allen and everything (laughs) no one wants to be excited (laughs) you're not wrong it's just a fucking library club you're not wrong but i'm trying to find this tweet to uh wrap up here before we get the scores oh here it is So, Boot Crew Media, obviously, they're kind of the big source of all things Saints Pelicans down there in New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. They put out a tweet saying, Saints fans, who's been the biggest surprise so far this season and who's been the biggest disappointment so far this season? So, if you had mm-hmm. to pick one for each, who would it be? I mean, we talked about Ellis already, surprise-wise. Uh, yeah. I would say Ellis or Ruiz, like you mentioned earlier. Both of them have... I mean, they've done nothing previous to this year. No offense, but... And now they're just, I mean, Ruiz especially is he was dogged very, on. very he was good. dogged on so hard. Oh, yeah, I know. Everyone just, he was like the scapegoat. Whenever the yep. offensive line looked like shit, he was like Pete the previous years. Yep. And now he looks really, really good, and it's just silent. Like, there's yeah, no everyone, one saying real anything. about Ruiz. And I I was, I everyone was critical of him. I was critical of him. Everyone, it felt like, was, and with good reason. Yeah. But, like. Hype him up when he's good. <laughs> Facts. He deserves it. He deserves so, it. And then underperforming. I mean, the general consensus is going to be Tyron Matthew. I don't necessarily I don't feel like it is agree Tyron with Matthew. that. I don't yeah. think he's underperformed what I expected from him more than anything. Um, shit. I mean, I didn't expect I, I anything who, from I, Dalton, so it's like I, I can't <laughs> say that he's underperforming. Olave's look good. Landry, uh, he had that good game, so I can't say he's like completely been wiped off the map. Huh, that's a tough. Could I mean, I can't. Cam Jordan down the stretch normally has a bunch of sacks, but he's like what thirty four, thirty five. I can't could say be, he's underperforming. Could it be Davenport? See, that would require me to have expectations of him. <laughs> he, he's so injured all the time it's like he's producing the same amount when he's injured so what's the difference I, I guess i mean underperforming to me is i had high expectations and then they did nothing and i can't even say that about pete werner because he was great when he was on the field same with peyton turner they're just not on the field recently i don't know who my answer is for underperforming you go yours i'll think about mine so biggest surprise I already hyped up for Reese. I'll pick somebody else. I will Fair go enough. with. Uh, it's hard because there were some. That, I mean, you could maybe mention Alante Taylor just because a lot of us, a lot of us questioned the pick to begin with, and then obviously right, when they right. traded away Johnson Gardner Johnson, then they had all the injuries in the secondary. He stepped up in back-to-back weeks against That's uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and then um, who did they play after that? That was really good. Devontae Adams. Yes, Devontae. And for the most part, he held his own. It was a very pleasant thing to see. For sure. Uh, you could say Alante, or you could say... Um, um, I have think. my disappointment now. Oh, you do go, go ahead. Go ahead. Will Lutz. I mean, you kick 
85% plus every year prior to now, and then you get injured, and now you're kicking, like, 73%. That's the, uh, that's the Dan Bailey effect right there. That was, I did, I was thinking offense, defense, I wasn't thinking special teams, even Gillikin. Gill- kind of I was about to say Gillikin, He was off yeah. to start, but he's kind of picked it up lately, so yeah. I can't go to him. Lutz just hasn't picked it up at any point. That's a good pick. So, and it's not like he's, like, atrocious, it's yeah. just, he's nowhere near what I expected from him returning, so... And that's, sure. I mean, core injury is tough, especially when you're rotating your body like that every time you get on the field. So, yeah. but still, he's underperformed what I was expecting of him. For sure, I think. Uh, I think my big uh, another surprise you could say. I think, I know you feel very, <coughs> excuse me, different about this player <laughs> than I do. Uh, for me, I think you could mention Jawan Johnson as well. That's the guy who was a receiver and switched to tight end. I don't think a lot of people expected a. Uh, that's improvement. Right. But he's improved as a run blocker so much from, you know, <coughs> excuse me, mentioned uh, from receiver and tight end. Right. He's kind of become a reliable safety valve for the quarterbacks this year. Um, and, you know, he's producing the red zone when given opportunities too. It's weird. It's, as an Oregon fan, it's like I should be hyping him up, simply put. But uh, he's been good in the red zone, which yeah. we knew he was. He, that's always been a thing. His catch rate pisses me off, and it's gotten better. He, he's up to, like, 63% catch rate. But that's still, like, A.J. Green late career levels. Like, that's really not that good. Yeah, I, but uh, let me look at the He's been good when you need him. I, I'm not saying he's been bad. It's just but it makes it's you, weird. He drops it, quite a bit. It's, it's good enough to make me wonder, okay, if we have another offseason to, to develop him. Yeah, that's true. Then what could happen? You know what I mean? So that could be another You know guy. what? I, I, he only has one drop on the year. I thought he – I feel like he's had more than that. But he's, he has one listed drop. Look, look at the throws that he's been getting from quarterbacks. Yeah, that's also part of the issue is he hasn't had the opportunity to drop the ball when it's overthrown five <laughs> yards over his head. <laughs> So I he's, don't know. He's, he's been pleasant. He's been good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't rag on him. It's just... I'm slowly converting. you love to see it. Uh, for me, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, for me, my biggest disappointment this year easily has to be Jameis Winston, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the offseason, I think everybody thought, okay, we got Michael Thomas coming back, we drafted Olave, we drafted our left tackle in Penning, and then we right. go and sign Jarvis Landry. You know, all that it was, okay, if Jameis could just play the same level of efficiency we saw last year with these players around him. Right. You could look at this team as a dark horse Super Bowl squad, could you not? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean. And <sighs> then he came out completely, after week one, which, you know, was great. Yeah, I can't blame him as what it is. I mean, underperforming, yes. Yeah. That's, you're right. He has underperformed what was expected of him. Yeah. A lot of that is not his fault necessarily, though. And the injuries, the and offensive line, and the coaching, and the injuries. A lot of external things affected him, but I just think. Yeah, <sighs> he's definitely underperformed. You're 100 yeah. percent right about that. I and I think, and I think, that. and I think, you know, if the coaching staff really felt that confident in Jameis Winston that he could turn things around, then they would have played. And like, if you're 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 benching Jameis for a game manager. Right, and you're yeah. and you're saying that you want to play the game manager, the guy who throws a two-yard hitch on third and seven, because you don't trust Jameis. Which I right. think to me that, that that speaks more. I don't even know if it's 
they don't trust him. I. Uh, they don't want him to mess it up. Right, and They'll, I and they I, think if, he'll mess it up. If I'm Dennis Allen right now, I would be horrified to start him. Yeah, because I, I, you don't, you don't not because getting. he's bad. You it's don't know just, what you're getting. Right, I'm scared if he gets injured again and we ruin his career for good. Like, if you have the option between just fucking start Dalton for three more weeks and what happens happens, or start Jameis and if he gets injured, you ruin his career. I would rather just keep Jameis. He's under contract next year and just let him heal, let him get his off-season surgery or whatever it is, and then give him another year, like I said. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough decision to make because people want to see, like, that high volatility passing offense. Right. And I don't blame them. That shit's great. I love that. That's really fun to watch. Yeah. It's just I don't know if you're going to get that with Jameis right now because – I don't know how healed up his back is. I don't know if he's going to need some sort of procedure to fully heal. It sucks because it's and, two seasons of this now where it's like, shit, James even, is even, even if he's playing, you know, it's like, what what version of Jameis are we getting? Because Right, are you – is he going to revert? I, 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 I would think not. Look, so I think he's mentally improved. It's just – Because here's my thing. You know, say what you want about the injuries, and yes, he played banged up. Right. All those turnovers, all those balls, he shouldn't have forced – He's still forced. Yeah. So I don't, it's just... I don't know. <laughs> it's disappointing, but also it's like... There was there were a lot of external things that affected Jameis Winston. Right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And now I just feel like... You have your confirmed answer that... Okay, so Jameis obviously is not the future going forward. He's... I don't think that's... Yeah. I'm not convinced that he is. I'm not convinced that he isn't. I'm kind of That's at some fair. medium where it's like, if you're going into next season, Jameis is your starter, and you have a rookie behind him, I'm not upset. I, I understand the purpose behind that. No, and if, they... if Jameis really sucks the first couple weeks, you pull him, you put in the whoever you want to draft in the second round. But yeah. this team doesn't fucking draft quarterbacks, so that's <laughs> generous. It'll be, like, it'll be Jameis and Dalton, and we'll all be sad inside. They'll Very probably bring back so. Ian Book just to make us more depressed. <laughs> Very much so. So, before we wrap things up here, Jeremy, let's uh, get the score prediction done real quick. Who wins uh, a Monday Night Football? As of right now, it's got to be the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I, I'm like, I'm desperately trying to think of a reason why the Saints could win this, and they're just, I can't find like a purpose. They would really have to like perform on the front seven and rip apart that offensive line and i just don't think they're gonna do that as simple as it is they could and i really hope they do but my expectations are that they will not (laughs) so i i presume we're going to lose i really think it could be a similar score to what happened previous this season because we don't have offense i mean simply put there's nothing on this offense that's making me think we're going to score above 20. And the Bucks' offense, I don't even know if they're going to score above 20 either. I mean, they've really struggled, so I don't know. I think it'll be close. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring affair, obviously. I, I like, 24-17, to 24-10, something like that. Like, right. I, I Very, very similar to what it was in Week 2, where it's just no one can get the ball moving. I don't know. I don't have expectations after last week for this offense. The defense is good. <laughs> I mean, credit where it's due, but they can only hold on so long. 
I get that. I think uh, the Saints always seem to have Tampa's number, except for this game earlier this year. Right. I'm going to vote to continue that trend and ensure chaos in the NFC South. Um, Give me New Orleans uh, 19-13. I think it's going to be a very ugly, low-scoring game. Um (laughs) <laughs> That's a horrible score. 19's a bad That's one. That's a bad score. That, that yeah. means you scored one touchdown and a bunch of field goals. Or you yeah. missed an extra point. <laughs> well, Will Lutz is going to redeem himself. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They'll all be from five yards or less. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hope he does. I don't expect it. but I mean, it's not hard to get a kicker nowadays through the draft. So Yeah, that's true. Signing them sucks, but that's... <laughs> Remahers around, so I'm sure we could bring him back. Bring yeah, back. How balling. many do we have? Brian Johnson. Oh, yeah, we don't talk Brent about Maher, Brian Aldrich Rosas. I don't know why we thought Aldrich Rosas could still kick in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. After that whole, what was that? He, uh, he had like, a domestic issue, didn't he? No, it was like a. Or he was in a truck, and then he got out, and his arm was bleeding or something, and they were trying to arrest him, and he wasn't letting them. I don't. It, the story was wild. That was a weird story. If you haven't seen that, go pull it up. That's a weird one. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't very good at kicking either, so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say much on that f- on the field regard either. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, it, it's not hard to draft one. You saw it with Evan McPherson. You saw it. I'm sure there's other examples. Roberto Aguayo? Huh. Yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, how yeah, that, was we, that was bad. That pick, was a bad pick, yeah. Bad. <laughs> Who's the... They just drafted another... Jose Borregales, right? He's just got drafted by Tampa. He's yeah. still there. I know he's still on the roster. I think he's next year's thing. But, yeah. I, it's not a hard position to fix. There's kickers everywhere. You'll find one eventually. For sure. For sure. It's the same with quarterback. Like, it's much harder position to play, I would presume. I've never played nor position, but I would presume it's harder to mentally prepare to be a quarterback when you have to actually learn the whole playbook but still you can like grab a guy out of free agency i mean you saw mike white and joe flacco they look better than the second overall pick in 2020s that's fair it's just there's scenarios where bad quarterbacks perform well if they're coached well and i mean robert sow is a phenomenal coach so i don't know we'll see it's gonna be interesting for sure i don't know how i got on this tangent but I wasn't a question. It was a very good tangent. So, obviously, the Saints put Monday Night Football. We'll be back next week to break down the game uh, and discuss the pain or joy they bring us, or both. If they win, it'll be both, probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way. (laughs) So, until then, folks, we're going to go home with the Saints and Saints podcast. This is Alec and Jeremy signing off. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, everyone.